Good Friday service. You may be seated. We're so thankful that you're here with us. This is a special service where we want to remember and meditate on the meaning of the cross, the suffering and the sacrifice that Jesus went through for us. When I was six years old, I got to go to Disney World for the first time. It was great, a great day, even magical, you might say, until my mom wanted to take me here. The Haunted Mansion. Now, I was so scared of this place. It seemed so dark to me. I was afraid to go in. I didn't want to go, but my mom made me, and I was terrified. I was miserable the whole time. Now, if you've been to the Haunted Mansion or you've heard about it, you know that it's pretty silly. It's not very scary. But somehow in my little mind at that point, I could not make sense of the darkness. I was scared. I was unable to even trust my own mom in that moment. Well, I share that because it's no big deal for me to misinterpret the darkness of a silly haunted house. But it's a much bigger deal for us to misinterpret the real darkness that we walk through in life, the suffering and the pain and the darkness of life. And we all suffer, right? If we're not suffering now, we're about to. But the reality is, most of us are suffering in some way. So many different kinds, right? The loss of a loved one and the grief that we go through. Sickness, injury, depression, loss of a relationship, divorce, financial strain. Maybe just the guilt and the shame that we deal with internally from our past. And when we experience those things, it feels really dark. It feels scary. We feel alone, disoriented, maybe even hopeless. And honestly, for many of us, when we think about God, it doesn't really help. See, it just brings up hard questions. Like, why, God? Why have you put me through this? Do you even care? Have you abandoned me, God? And that makes our darkness feel worse. But on Good Friday, God gave us a sign He gave us a sign that interprets our darkness, a sign that gives us hope, a sign that helps us to walk through the darkness, to walk with God through it with confidence. It's the sign of the actual literal darkness of Good Friday that Jesus went through on the cross. So what I want us to do for the next few minutes is just think together about how the darkness that Jesus faced that day, that literal darkness, how thinking about that can help us face our own darkness. See, the sign of darkness on Good Friday will be a sign for us and help us to walk through it and to trust God. Let me set up the passage we're going to read. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 27. It's the Gospel of Matthew. And Good Friday started much earlier in the day than where we're going to read. Jesus has already been accused. He's already been condemned. He's gone before Pontius Pilate and Herod and the religious leaders. He's been mocked. He's been beaten, stripped. A crown of thorns is put on his head. He was made to carry the cross up the hill, and then he was crucified on that cross. Nails into his hands and his feet. And now where we pick up the story, Jesus has already been hanging on the cross for three hours. And we read in Matthew chapter 27. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. 
About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is an eyewitness account of Matthew, one of his first disciples. And he says that there was this unusual, long, literal darkness over the land from noon until three that day. And we don't think that this could be a normal eclipse. A normal eclipse, the darkness is very short. And this was during the time of Passover, so it doesn't fit the calendar year. We're not told how this darkness happened, but we do know from the account that it was a supernatural kind of darkness when it should be the brightest part of day. If you think about it, we might assume, well, what does that mean? We might think evil won. Maybe injustice has triumphed. Maybe suffering is the final word. What does the Bible say? The Bible helps us interpret the sign. See, 750 years before Good Friday, there was a prophet of Israel, of God's people, named Amos. And Amos ministered to God's people at a time when they were persistently rebelling against God. They were rejecting him over and over again. And so finally, God gave Amos a word that there would be a coming judgment day, a prophecy. And here's what he said in Amos chapter 8. He said, The Lord has sworn by himself the pride of Jacob. That's just another name for God. I will never forget anything they have done, meaning the sins of the people. Will not the land tremble for this and all who live in it mourn? The whole land will rise like the Nile. It will be stirred up and then sink like the river of Egypt. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. 750 years before Good Friday, that was written. Isn't that incredible? It was a fulfillment of prophecy. The darkness on Good Friday was what Amos said coming true. And so the darkness of Good Friday is this unmistakable, attention-getting kind of sign pointing us to the meaning of the suffering of Jesus on the cross and also the meaning of our suffering. See, if we understand this sign of darkness on Good Friday, we'll understand our darkness better. So what did that sign mean? The first thing we see that it means is that the darkness of Good Friday is a sign of the destructiveness of sin. If you notice in the passage we read in Amos, he was talking about destruction happening, that day of judgment. He said that there would be earthquakes, that the land would tremble, and that happened on that Good Friday. He said specifically that it would be dark starting at noon in that amazing prophecy. Now, now what's that saying to us? If we go back to Genesis 1, darkness is always a sign. In Genesis 1, before creation, it's this scary, formless void, this chaos. And then God steps into it and creates light and darkness. He separates day from night. But now, on Good Friday, we see this sort of this destruction happening, this unraveling of creation. Why? Because God is trying to show us the destructiveness of sin. See, the Bible takes sin very seriously. Of course, we don't tend to take sin so seriously. But in the Bible's story, sin is what broke the world. And we all have this sense that this world is not the way it's supposed to be, especially when we walk through darkness, especially when we go through suffering. And the Bible's story is that this is the cause. The sin is the cause of our suffering. 
If you think about it, on Good Friday, everything went wrong for Jesus. Everything was injustice. Why? Because he's trying to show us that destructiveness of sin. When Jesus entered that darkness, God put the destruction of sin on him for us. So how is that that a sign for us? How does that help us in our suffering? See, because Jesus entered the darkness of the destructiveness of our sin, we don't have to. See, whatever the sign of darkness meant for Jesus that Good Friday, what the Bible tells us is that he's reversed it for us. He's turned it upside down because, see, Jesus took our place. He took the destructiveness of sin and death on himself. It's a sign to us when we suffer. God wants us to know that when we suffer, God is not against us. He can't be. Look at the sign. Look at what he's done. How could he be against us if he's done all of that for us? Yes, we'll still have to go through painful suffering. It will still feel dark. But what this means, this sign of darkness means that it is never final. And more than that, this darkness even hints at our future hope, at the new world, the restored world that God is making for us, that we are awaiting. See, Jesus defeated the darkness, and so we have hope for a new restored world. Revelation talks about it. It says, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. See, if we follow Jesus, even our death doesn't have to be our destruction. It can be the entrance into a new life. Because Jesus took the destructiveness of our sin, a world of joy awaits that Jesus earned for us. So when you suffer, don't misinterpret your darkness. Look to the darkness on Good Friday. Look to the sign of what Jesus has done. It is not just that the sin, it's not just that the destructiveness of sin, that it meant that. Second, we see that the darkness of Good Friday is a sign of the condemnation of sin. Going back to Amos, we saw that Amos said that that day of judgment was a judgment for sin. It was a condemnation for sin that was happening there. And so if the destructiveness of sin showed us the effect on God's creation that sin causes, this condemnation shows us the effect on God himself. Think about it. Sin is a breaking of God's law. Sin is rebelling against God. It breaks our relationship with him. More than that, it breaks his heart. See, God is holy, and God is just, and he can't just overlook sin. Amos said he can't just forget it. He must condemn it. See, we actually want that to be true, because we can't have the hope of a good, just God in this universe. We can't have the hope that good will win and triumph over evil unless we have a God like that. And the amazing thing is this. When darkness fell on Jesus that Good Friday... God wasn't judging the people. He was putting all of our judgment on Jesus. He was putting all of our condemnation on Jesus. Jesus took our judgment day. Now, how is that a sign for us? How does that help us in our suffering? Well, the darkness of Good Friday shows us that because Jesus entered the darkness of the condemnation of our sin, again, we don't have to. When we're going through suffering, 
So many times, right, we think, God, what are you doing? Are you condemning me? Are you against me? Well, see, if we follow Jesus, our suffering is never a sign that God is condemning us. The darkness of Good Friday shows us that Jesus took all of the judgment, all of the condemnation on himself. And God is just. He can never punish or judge the same sin twice. Jesus has already taken it. Jesus took all of your sin so that he could never have to hold it against you. Do you ever feel like, God, I'm just not good enough to follow you? You wonder, can God forgive you? Look at what the Apostle Paul says in light of the cross. He says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. See, if we follow Jesus, yes, we walk through darkness. It will be painful. It will be hard. It will still be sad. But what it's not is it's never a guilt trip. It's never God's condemnation on us. So when you're suffering, don't misinterpret the sign of your darkness. Look to the sign of God's darkness for what it means. Know that it means he's not condemning you. No, what he's offering is he's offering a life of forgiveness. He's offering a life free of shame, free of guilt, free of the fear of punishment. That's what Jesus wants for us. Have you received that? Maybe a better question is, are you receiving that right now? Are you receiving his grace and forgiveness? In just a moment, we're gonna have a time of confession and in that moment, we're going to look at the cross. We're going to focus on the cross. We're going to cast our sins to the cross. And I just invite you to trust that Jesus took all of the destructiveness of your sin, all of the condemnation for your sin on himself on that Good Friday so we don't have to. Receive the grace. Receive the mercy that he has for each one of you. Will you trust him with your sin? We've seen so far that the darkness of Good Friday is a sign of the destructiveness of our sin. We've seen that it's a sign of the condemnation of our sin. Because Jesus entered that darkness, we don't have to. But see, there's another way that we misinterpret our darkness when we walk through it. We wonder, has God abandoned me? Does he not care? We're going to read Matthew 27 again. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here we see the third thing, that darkness of Good Friday is a sign of the abandonment of God. See, on the cross, God the Father abandoned God, the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ. And this was the darkest of darkness. This was the hell of hells for Jesus. Let me try an illustration that I've heard, see if this helps us to get this. Let's say that you were to walk out of here tonight, and you were to say to me, I never want to see you again. I never want to talk to you again. Well, that would hurt, right? That would be terrible. I would hate that. But now let's say that my wife were to walk out and say that same thing. I never want to see you again. 
I never want to talk to you again. Well, that would be infinitely greater pain, wouldn't it? It would be torture. It would be agony. Why? Because the pain of our loss is always equal to the intensity, the love, the time of that relationship. But now think about God. God the Father and God the Son were in a perfect relationship of love and joy from forever, for eternity. And now on the cross, in that darkness, the Father is abandoning the Son. It had to be infinitely agonizing to Jesus. Think about this. Out of all the suffering that Jesus went through, all the physical suffering of that day, Jesus never complained about it. And yet here in the darkness, as he feels forsaken, abandoned by his father, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, before we saw that sin causes the unraveling of creation, but now we see the depths of God's love, the depths that he'll go to solve our sin problem. See, he's unraveling the very trinity itself in some way. There's a separation from the father and the son. No, this is no cheap grace. This is costly, costly grace. And that's why I say it's the darkest of the darkness that Jesus felt. It was the hell of hells that he went through to be separated from his father. Now, how is that a sign for us? How does that help us in our darkness? See, because Jesus entered that darkness of abandonment, again, we never have to. We never have to be abandoned by God Good Friday and that darkness was a sign to us that the sun was abandoned, so he'll never abandon us. Think about this. Maybe you're even suffering right now. Your suffering is not a sign that God is abandoning you. No, the sign of the cross, a sign of Good Friday tells us that he will never, ever abandon you if you are a follower of his. You know, we may never know the reason why we're going through some suffering. We may never understand it perfectly. But one thing we can know, we can know what it can't mean. Our suffering can't mean that God doesn't care because he showed us that in the sign of the darkness, that Good Friday. And more than that, because Jesus suffered, he knows how it feels. He knows what we walk through. He's a gentle savior. He's compassionate. He cares. He comes alongside. Are you suffering in some way right now? Are you doubting that God cares for you? Maybe it feels like he's abandoned you. Look at the sign. Look at what he's done. Because Jesus has entered the darkness of Good Friday. We know he's with us even in the dark right now. Even in our darkness of suffering right now. From 1960 to 1996, there was a terrible, bloody civil war in Guatemala. See, there was a corrupt government in charge, but there was also this resistance that was fighting it. In a little town called Santiago, on a beautiful lake there in Guatemala, there's a church, a Catholic church. And this man, Stanley Rother, was there, and he was a priest there for 13 years. He was loved by the people. He was loved by the children. And he served there. He was actually from Oklahoma City. Here's the story of what happened. Some of the people in his church became part of that resistance. And so the government began sending men with guns through that village. 
and kidnapping and killing some of the fathers and husbands of the church. And so, of course, Stanley Rother cared for those widows. He cared for those orphans. But now the government began to see him as a sympathizer with that resistance. And so Stanley Rother's name went on a death list. He knew his name was on a death list. But Stanley Rother wanted to stay. Why? Because he wanted the people to know that God was with them in the midst of their suffering. He stayed. And one night in 1981, two armed men came into that church looking for him. They went in his bedroom. They couldn't find him. They went up the stairs. They found him sleeping in the prayer room. It was a room walled by cement blocks to protect him from gunfire. They went in. There was a short but violent skirmish, and then they killed him. Stanley Rother died for his people there. Here's what he said in his final letter a few months before he died. The shepherd cannot run at the first sign of danger. Pray for us that we may be a sign of the love of Christ for our people, that our presence among them will fortify them to endure these sufferings in preparation for the coming kingdom. See, because Stanley Rother suffered for the people, they knew that God would never abandon them. And so he's still celebrated to this day in Guatemala. And see, that's a small picture for us of Jesus, of what he did. Because Jesus went through the darkness of abandonment, we are never abandoned. Because Jesus entered that darkness for us, he will always be with us in our darkness. So what are you suffering right now? Whatever pain you're going through, don't misinterpret the sign. Know that the sign of the darkness of Good Friday says that he is with you. He will never abandon you. Never. Now God knows that we have a hard time remembering that. He knows that we have a hard time trusting him when we walk through darkness. And so not only did God give us the one-time sign of darkness on that Good Friday, but God gave us a continuing sign called communion, a continuing sign of his presence with us. See, communion is not just a remembrance of the past and what he did. No, it's a sign that he is here with us right now. Just as we feel the bread in our hands and we taste the wine and the grape juice in our mouth, just as surely Jesus is with you as you go through your darkness. He wants you to know that. So if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have accepted him as your Savior and King, we invite you to come to the table of the Lord. Also, part of what we do every time we celebrate communion is we give a mercy fund to those in need in our community. If you'd like to give to that, there are boxes, black boxes on the way out at the exits that you can give. On the night Jesus was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. He also took some wine. He poured it out in a cup. He said, this is my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Take and drink. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for what you suffered on the cross for us. 
We thank you that you took all the destructiveness of our sin, all the condemnation of our sin on yourself so we would never have to. And thank you that now when we walk through suffering, many of us even walking through suffering right now, we can know that you are with us. You are with us because you will never abandon us. You've proved that to us at the cross. So Father, would you seal that in our hearts tonight? Seal your presence with us through this sign. We thank you for your body and blood. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. People of God, when you're ready, come to the table of the Lord. In just a moment after our blessing, we're going to ask that you exit reverently and quietly tonight. If you'd like to stay and pray, think, meditate on what you've heard, you're welcome to stay in your seats. One last thing that the darkness of Good Friday is a sign of. Because Jesus entered that infinite, ultimate dark for us. Our darkness is always temporary. Whatever darkness you are facing, Jesus entered the darkness to walk with you through your darkness and to walk out the other side. And so like those first disciples who had to wait in the darkness, we wait now, but soon the sun will rise. So we invite you to come back on Easter Sunday. We hope to see you. And now let me give you the blessing from Psalm 27. Your confidence is this. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Therefore, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Thank you so much for coming. You can be dismissed in quietness.